broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 142. This is Schmitty. And I am Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we come to you at the end of a very slow week. Very slow week, actually. Well, it wasn't really slow. It's just not a lot of newsworthy stuff going on. Actually, you're you're right. A lot of stuff happened. None of it very interesting. <laughs> I get the feeling it's what happens during the Christmas season. Yeah, uh, it, it has been very cold for us here in Utah. So uh, we have been conserving energy by not going on the internet and getting headlines for you. Every click counts. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been cold all around the country, though, except Florida. So oh. everybody can hate on them. Yeah, no, Florida week. Yeah, no, what he says is absolutely right, though. We have family down in Texas, and Texas, you know, I'm real sorry that it got below 50, you wimps. But no, they're getting to freezing temperatures in areas that never see snow. It's insane. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that's affecting the news, too. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah, somebody was mentioning on Twitter that I think they're in Ohio. They got, like, enough snow to make a footprint. And it shut down the whole state, which, you know, yay, a footprint. But I guess they're just wusses there. I'm sure Cliff Barrickman was there to capture the footprint. <laughs> Ooh, that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our sponsors here. We want to give a special thanks out to our friends, trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And this week, we are also pleased to announce, uh, we mentioned it last week, but if you head on over to cityweekly.com, and we'll have a link for it in the show notes, and if it's on Facebook, you, if you're on Facebook, you've already seen it, but we were in this week's uh, City Weekly blog. So, Salt Lake City Weekly. Yes. We should specify that. And we are based in Utah. It's a local magazine. Uh, kind of cool. So We're big time now. <laughs> is that what, is that what uh, determines it? I guess, you know, when people want to talk to us, I just feel important. Hey, it could be the guy that, like, I pay for gas at the gas station if he just wants to talk to me. You know, that makes me feel important. <laughs> Um, hey, speaking of people talking to us, uh, Ruff sent some feedback. Well, actually, he sent some feedback, and then he called our line. Again, you can email us, feedback at soulandroids.com, or call us, 801-917-GEEK. That's 801-917-3445. Uh, I'll, I'll read what he sent in earlier this week first. First off, he says, Hi, all. I recently hear, recently hear Schmitty talk about his reaction to bad grammar. I'm not sure if that was supposed to be ironic or not. I think his, this response was in response to the Oxford Dictionary redefining because. I had to laugh at his comment as I often find myself grinding my teeth when he when he is says things like get off of the Xbox One. Off of. What the heck is that? Americans use it all the time and it drives me nuts. What's wrong with off? Just plain simple off. I'm getting off of this bus. I'm getting off this bus. Much better. Cheers, rough. Uh, he actually <laughs> referred to Schmitty as the grammar overlord, which I kind of like, because grammar Nazi is so overused. You know, you go straight to the Nazi bin. Just because I'm German. <laughs> <laughs> er, Schmidt, how is this grammar? But, uh, uh, rough, I'm, I'm honestly not sure if you meant to make two grammar mistakes in your own email to us. Kind of funny. But even if you didn't, uh, Shmidt, I'll let you handle this. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I, I, I want to say, Ruff, you're not wrong, but you're also not right. Um, uh, as far as uh, as far as gra grammar goes, I mean, there, there probably are a lot of grammatical mistakes that we make in this podcast. However, I challenge you to find. <clears throat> yes, I'm doing this. <laughs> I challenge you to find grammatical mistakes that I make. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Isn't he calling you out on something that he perceives to be a mistake, though? Yes, and I'm I'm about to correct him on this. Now, it is grammatically incorrect to say off of, insert clause here, in most situations. Um, however, it is a dialectal grammatical structure. So there are some dialects and some some microcultures where it is okay to say 
off of or out of. In some cases, there's actually a technical sense where you say off of. Right. And in fact, the link that you gave us in your feedback um, actually points that out. But now, now I have a question for you. Is this, uh, cause I say nuclear drives my wife insane, but I say <laughs> it with a Midwestern insane. accent cause that's how I learned to speak. Right. I know it's nuclear. People yeah, gave George would... W a whole bunch of crap for this, but I say nuclear cause it's like molecular and it's now gaining ground as an accepted pronunciation of it. Mm-hmm. It's that would kind be of like an... that where it's technically incorrect, but it's used so often people have just stopped fighting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would, that would be an example of a dialectal, dialectal grammatical um, statement. It, it, it's it's not correct as far as like Oxford or or Webster, but in that dialect um, where where there is a lot of media written and spoken it is considered correct and so that that's the basis i'm going off of whether it was ingrained that i something that i learned or whether it's something i learned in school that to be grammatically correct correct um it's it's still it whether it's correct in incorrect in other places of the world it's correct where I'm growing up, so that's that's kind of where. And it, you're kind of right, Ralph. It's probably something I shouldn't say because it's not correct in most places of the world. So, thanks for calling me out on it, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I lived in Africa. People would say they're going to hospital, or they they would use a non-proper noun as a proper noun. And I believe they do it in the UK. I could be wrong. Uh, the English people that I know all use it, so I'm assuming they do rough. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Oh, but you're Aussie. Maybe they do it in Australia, too. They, uh, they say that with holiday. I notice a lot. Yes. We did I'm, this I'm, on holiday. Yes. Uh, and uh, What? <laughs> you know, it, it could be something like that where it's considered correct grammar in those areas. But here we say we put a the in front of it. Wow, no. do you think we have better grammar than the English? No, no. Uh, <laughs> well, consider... I'm just really glad we won the Revolutionary War, or else we'd all be speaking English. Con- consider this: we're we're making verbs out of uh, proper nouns, like Google and Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, in reality, where is language and grammar going, as far as you know, correctness? It, it's almost like rules that we've established 50 years ago don't even matter anymore because of where where we are with the internet. So, yeah, definitely. Exactly. All all of those schoolhouse rock lessons that we learned watching Saturday morning cartoons can be thrown out the window. <laughs> Most people forget those lessons anyway. Okay, he also called in and gave us uh some feedback over voicemail, so let's listen to that here. Hi guys, Rafi. Couple of uh Feedback elements, you mentioned rare earth elements coming from outer space. How can they be rare earth elements if they're coming from outer space? The second one, the Flash. He was my favorite uh, superhero as a young kid. So now that he's on the uh, arrow, I'm going to rush home and watch that episode. And the last one, the Microsoft swearing policy with the technical foul on the basketball. That is brilliant. I don't care whether Microsoft does it. If they're just giving a real-to-life uh, activity, uh, you know, making the game more real. So if you are a player and you're swearing on the court, you're going to get a tech foul. So if you're a player on the video game, you swear in the game, they're not saying you can't swear. They're just saying there's consequences. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, that was it. Cheers, Ruff. Okay. Uh, Ruff brings up some interesting points. First off, we talked about last week, I want to say, how a lot of the rare earth minerals that make up people's cell phones are running low and that we will actually be out of them in, in the earth. And that's why a lot of people are looking at mining them from asteroids. He kind of makes a play on words there. If they're rare earth minerals, can we still call them that uh, if they're abundant in asteroids? As we, I think we've said last week, the only reason they're in the Earth in the first place, scientists believe, is because the Earth was bombarded by those same asteroids when it was forming. If it wasn't for asteroids, we wouldn't have metal at all. 
It's what a lot of geologists think. So, and I think the term rare earth mineral came about before there was a real strong understanding of where it came from and what was out in space. So I think perhaps the better term now is rare on earth. <laughs> or abundant space metals. Yes. I like <laughs> that one. But not so abundant here. Like if we could get an acronym going for that. <laughs> abundant space metals that are rare on earth that would be hella expensive to get out there and collect. Yes. Every What's the acronym, acronym for that? should have the word hella somewhere in there. <laughs> With a, yeah. Okay, that's a show title too. Hella expensive. <laughs> Uh, in uh, other parts of your voicemail, um, so he's a he's a Flash fan. Awesome! I love the Flash. That was established, though. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, good, good selection in your heroes, there, Ruff. I applaud that. I didn't really think Flash was that popular. I was kind of surprised. Um, he is overpowered. Let's be honest. The Flash is overpowered. He, Superman can't tear holes in reality. He's as fast, or, or he's faster than Superman. He can travel anywhere, and at certain different continuities, he is so fast he can be everywhere at once. That's, you know, that's reaching, like, godhood level of ability there. I, I don't know. I kind of think of him as a little bit cheap, and at the same time, underutilized. He's also extremely witty, at least Wally West is. Yeah. Barry Allen, not so much. No. Um, no, I like Flash. If you really do like Flash, you should definitely check out uh, Flashpoint Paradox. I think I've uh, recommended it on the show here before. A uh, really awesome DC animation movie um, where it actually leads into the new 52 by the Flash breaking the speed barrier, the yeah, the speed force barrier, and completely screwing everything up. As, he, flash. as you do when you run that fast, you know, that's just, that's to be expected. Now, if, he, if he's a true Flash fan, he's probably already seen that, so. Yeah. I will say this. Flash <laughs> has the dumbest rogues gallery. Like, how many captains do you really need in your rogues gallery? Are they really all captains, or, or what? <laughs> At that point, they're all just privates with the captain title. I don't know. Captain Boomerang? Guy throws stuff. Captain Cold makes you cold. Cold. <laughs> he does have Gorilla Grodd though, and Vandal Savage. Well, they all have Vandal Savage. Yeah, but Vandal Savage is more of a Flash villain to me. Hmm. I do think it's cool that he was on Arrow, and I think it's cool that he's getting his own series again. So, I'm excited. The Flash, too. not Vandal Savage. Yeah. Who would watch uh, a Vandal Savage show? No one. People besides who watch the Kardashians. Like, yeah, people besides <laughs> like hardcore nerds. Oh yeah, Vandal Savage on the CW Friday night at eight o'clock. Nobody's gonna get excited for that. He can't die. Everything he does doesn't work. He's very, very slow. It takes ten thousand years for any of his plans to come to fruition. This is watching Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big picture guy. <laughs> Okay, well, into our actual headlines now. Here we are, 15 minutes into the show. A rough thanks again for the feedback. Anyone can leave us feedback. Again, feedback at StolenDroids.com, 801-917-GEEK. Okay, into our show notes. First off, word came down this week that the NSA has been spying and trying to spy some more on gamers. I find this very interesting, but okay. Not for the reasons people might think it's interesting. They want to find additional spies and recruit people in WoW, Second Life, and on Xbox Live. Um, now, there's probably a good possibility here that a lot of this stems from reports that during the 9-11 attacks, or after the 9-11 attacks, it came to light that many of the terrorists who hijacked planes had practice on a flight simulator game. And were communicating through... Second Life. Yeah, they, they were using Second Life to communicate. And I get that. However... Is Second Life still a thing? Yeah. It, it still is, yeah. Hey, one of, hey, Krypton Radio is one of the top-rated Second Life radio stations now. I'll have nice. you know. So there. Um, 
I get that 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 it's happened once before, and so it's something you have to keep. It, it's something you have to understand, and something you have to actively monitor. But here's the thing: it'd be so much easier to use the same listening programs you have running through everyone's cell phone data to pick up on patterns within game the game community rather than recruiting gamers. Do you have any concept how much gaming happens from all over the world at all hours of the day? I could hop on Call of Duty right now. It's 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Thursday evening. I only have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, so it's even not even the newest one. And I guarantee you there's at least 25,000 players on right now. Oh, I even I even popped in Halo Three last weekend, and there were a good, you know, double digit thousand, ten, eleven thousand people online playing Halo Three, which is almost a ten year old game. Yeah. Well, so never eight. mind Second Life of, or World of Warcraft. This isn't something you can get humans to do. <laughs> you can try, but you're either going to have a very high suicide rate amongst the people who have to listen to Xbox Live, and to a degree Second Life. Or you're just going to have the laziest employees ever. <laughs> this is a full-time job. Yeah. I, I can imagine that the uh, the the, the jo- job burnout is very very high with this game. Only because they got to grind so many warthogs and like just farm gold. <laughs> Simpsons, I need that report <laughs> on my desk. Oh, it's doing very well, sir. I've already mastered leatherworking, and I am working on fishing as well. <laughs> that's that's. I think you've lost sight of what I needed you to do. <laughs> no, no, I've been around this same fishing hole for four days straight now, listening to terrorist activity. <laughs> I think it's funny that they um, they had to have so-called deconfliction groups uh, for Second Life, just to make sure that various agencies involved didn't trip over each other's feet. They said uh, if one of the groups thought they'd finally track down a spy in-game, it would just usually end up being someone else on the other on the same side, but from another organization. <laughs> this person's acting suspicious. Yes, they're FBI. <laughs> so it kind of makes you wonder how efficient this really is, because if all the other spies they've tracked down are from the same side. <laughs> you know that this was just done because the director wanted some excuse to sit and play video games at work all day. Yeah. What's this Minecraft <laughs> thing I'm hearing about? Can we do that? <laughs> Get a team on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it hmm. I, like I said, if this is going to be done, and I guess, sure, why not? It has to be done. We'll just say that. Then it needs to be um, automated. Oh, and interestingly, and this... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, Doesn't that violate some terms of service, though? I mean, getting some bot out there doing all your gold farming? Only if it's only doing gold farming. Because if you can program it to do your gold farming and also sift through all voice data for potential terri- terrorist attacks, then it's fine. Can they get Koreans to do this? <laughs> Fairly certain it's them they're listening to. Well, and this does bring up an interesting thing. Ruff brought it up in his feedback too, uh, and sorry I didn't mention it then, Ruff, about Microsoft um, filtering. And I shouldn't say filtering because Ruff is right. This is in regards to that person who was playing NBA uh, 2K14 and getting a technical foul for swearing, and his connect picked it up. They aren't blocking it. Because they didn't, they didn't block it. They said, "Sure, you can swear all you want. You're just gonna get a technical for it, just like you would in real life." Um, I wonder how much of this filtering or capturing can be done at the console level now. Huh. If you don't need to be monitoring every single game, if you can get the console to listen for you and only send the information that's pertinent to investigations, have keywords and whatnot. Yeah. Like the Enigma machine. That's <laughs> yeah, just a thought. Anyway, um, again, I don't think anyone should be surprised that they're that they're spying on you. I mean, it is the NSA. It's a spy agency. How would that work, though, if you're playing like Splinter Cell and you're talking about taking down this organization with your <laughs> minds or whatever? You know? 
<laughs> all of a sudden, when I'm telling the Connect to kill the president, that's not me making a terroristic threat. I'm trying to uh, complete the objective because it's part of the storyline. <laughs> you try to tell one of your squad members to go place the bomb over there by the airplane. Yeah, yeah. there'll be some problems. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Black SUV. <laughs> What they really should be watching is Grand Theft Auto. I can't imagine the amount of stuff that's said in that game. <laughs> okay, hey, speaking of video games, and idiots, in a way, uh -huh. somehow a message board was released out on 4chan. 4chan, if you haven't known already, is this site where 12-year-olds go to try and prank everyone, and they think it's hilarious. I'm not coming down on them, let them have it, whatever, but... If you're on the internet, by you should know by now that 4chan is never to be listened to. Or trusted. Or trusted. If it came from 4chan, you can have a chuckle at it if you find it funny. If you didn't find it funny, ignore it, because it's not real. It is the boy who cried wolf times a million. So it baffles me when they release a message on how to unlock backwards compatibility on the Xbox 360. And they release these instructions... Uh, on the Xbox One for Xbox 360 games. Oh, you're right. You're right. I should I should clarify that. It's how to unlock backwards compatibility on the Xbox One so you can play Xbox 360 games. Now, here's the thing. The Xbox 360 and the Xbox One have completely different CPU architecture. They are not natively compatible with each other. Sony's getting around this by running an emulator. That is a, pro a program, a software program that emulates the previous generation's hardware to run PlayStation 3 games. That's their solution for it. Xbox is not doing this. There's nothing to unlock. There's no hidden functionality. It's simply not there. So why these people, who were smart enough to be able to browse to the internet to get to 4chan, thought they could unlock this because they were so uneducated is beyond me. But the instructions that they released, which are blurred out in the article, actually brick your console. I would imagine that if you had just spent that much money on a new console, you wouldn't be so stupid as to brick it. But, maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> now... We've all worked in IT. We know how people can be when it comes to technology. I am not surprised that people are falling for this. I am to people a degree, because this is the equivalent of, hey, you want to get the best resolution out of that new TV you bought? Shove a knife through it. But <laughs> the stupid abounds. I mean, it's everywhere. It hurts. It's so yeah. prevalent in our society. I, I how think do the people not fall down more? <laughs> I, I think the reason why um, a lot of people fell for, it, fell for this is because, I mean, months before the Xbox One and the PS4 were were released, there was all this talk about, you know, DRM and, and features being removed or added last minute. And so it's very believable to someone who doesn't know better that this may have been one of those options that was disabled last minute by Microsoft. And it's easily enough re-enabled just by a couple steps. So it's not unfathomable that, that people would be doing this and, and believing it um, if they didn't know the ins and outs of, of the architecture. Well, even so. ins and outs are not necessary. I mean, you know that, that phrase, an ounce of prevention, um, you know, or measure twice, cut once, or any of those things? It goes the same with knowledge as well. A tiny bit of education on the matter goes a long way. This is true. <laughs> Instead, these people who tried this hack and bricked their consoles, yeah, there's no way to reverse it. There is no undo. It is completely inoperable. Now, word has not come down if these people will be covered under warranty or not. Because, again, this isn't like a hardware failure or a software glitch or bug that Microsoft <clears throat> is bound by warranty to fix. This is the equivalent of you taking a very large hunting knife and shoving it through your console. Yeah. Which is not covered under warranty it, either, just so we're clear. <laughs> it, it should have given um, a red flag to people following the directions when the last step says, select reset home console. Because <laughs> that, that's the last step in here. I'll, I'll 
I'll give this link to you guys. Um, but it should be a red flag where anything, anytime you have the word reset, and I'm again, I'm going back on my word because I didn't have the full um, list of instructions until right now. But but that's a big red flag to me is the word reset. Anytime you reset something. Now I just may be kind of a jerk here. But I'm thinking that if you're taking instructions on how to do anything from 4chan, you kind of deserve what you have coming to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no sympathy for these people. If you see anything from 4chan, like I said, laugh if you think it's funny. If you don't think it's funny, just ignore it. Because it's not real. So... Yeah, my heart goes out to you, but not really. Maybe you should get in line and buy another one. I don't know. Am I, are we being too cruel, do you think? The people that break their devices would say yes. But, but the I'm people laughing. who know better would say no. Yeah, true. Either way, the biggest people to blame are 4chan. As always, for everything. <laughs> you know that whole thanks Obama meme? It needs to be changed. Thanks, 4chan. Thanks, 4chan. And Blackberry. Or maybe that should be a show title. I'm really interested, though, to see what happens with Microsoft in terms of the warranty on these. Well, they might do it as a goodwill gesture, but again, it's not covered under warranty. It's not some option that was left out in the open to destroy the console. It yeah. wasn't a software glitch. It was simply... Uh, who knows what it was? Who knows the, how the first person found it? Unless it was someone who worked at Microsoft, told someone, hey, this is hilarious to do. Or a disgruntled oh, employee that got fired. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know when you're bored at Walmart? Walk around to their <laughs> Xbox One to demo unit and do this. <laughs> oh, that, that'll probably be done at some point, if not already. <laughs> I need to go to Walmart. This will be awesome. I wonder, but I wonder if they will uh, change this in a software patch. Yeah. So you can't get into it. Anyway, uh, into some other computer news. Uh, this isn't so much news as it is just interesting. We've we've discussed both these technologies before, but they are both moving forward. First off is the Oculus Rift. Uh, I think we talked about this months ago. It is a headset unit, if you don't know what this is, with a screen in front of your eyes that shows two different versions of the same image, one from a left eye point of view and one from a right eye point of view. Currently, its resolution is a little bit low, but everyone who's used it has said it is amazing. It's built with accelerometers and gyroscopic sensors. It knows which way you're looking. It knows when you're flipping your head around. And it's a great way to immerse yourself in a 3D environment in a game. EVE Online is coming out with their own game built for the Oculus Rift. I think there's a version of uh, Team Fortress 2 that does it. Someone hacked it to play Slenderman and then wet himself on YouTube. <laughs> Why True would you do that? Why True would you take a horror game and make it into immersive 3D? That just And then... Put video of you peeing yourself because you're so scared. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it just received $75 million to accelerate its development to get a consumer unit out there. Squishy actually used one of these when he was at the New York Comic Con. And uh, even with his eyes, and he has pretty bad eyes, said it was quite impressive. He was very, very uh, impressed with it. So I think it'll be pretty cool. Well, this comes at the same time that... Um, that LeapPad has gotten a huge boost as well. Um, and at the same time, or sorry, Leap Motion. Okay. Uh, LeapPad. <laughs> LeapPad for your kids, you know. <laughs> well, um, Leap, Leap Motion, Soft Connect, and Prime Sense have all been advancing the, uh, the movement computing inputs. Well, PMD is another company from Germany that has been fiddling around with this. They've just received a huge amount of funding to also accelerate their research and get a consumer model out there so you can do touch-enabled computing. This is different than a touchscreen because you're not touching anything, you're just moving your hands around in space. It's able to hyper-accurately determine where your fingers are, what it is you're doing, where you're wanting to touch. Imagine... Uh, imagine Minority Report only actually works. You know, yeah. much less armed arm motion. 
that you're not getting a full cardio exercise doing. This is all really cool, but I see us going down a real unfortunate path here. I don't want to accidentally like assault my family while I'm playing Mortal Kombat with this touch com- with this motion computing <laughs> and Oculus Rift. Uh. Is is that what's going to happen though? We're going to have cubicles and instead of actual cubicles like we see now, everyone's in an isolation chamber. <laughs> How do you think this kind of technology could go, uh, could merge with, like, for instance, the Connect? Are, are we looking at Zook wearing awesome face goggle mask, waving his arms about in his underwear? <laughs> uh, it's throwback humor, people. Uh, it's an earlier episode. Uh, yes, actually, the Connect is the precursor to all this other stuff. It has 3D cameras on there. It can see exactly where you are. It knows how close you are. It knows that your hand is not just a really big part of your body. It knows it's actually closer toward it than the rest of your body, and it can track that. But it's still rudimentary. Even the Connect 2 is part of the Xbox One, which is a screwy mashup of numbers. It's still rudimentary <laughs> compared to what this other stuff is doing. Yeah. And it won't, it may not be so inconceivable that Windows 10 or Windows 11 actually has a 3D desktop environment where you can grab your Excel spreadsheet and throw it off to the side and bring the background program up with these motions. Yeah, but mo- most of this stuff when when we talk about uh, gesture control and and tracking your movements, most people think uh, that we, it would only be applicable in gaming, which is true. I mean, it it is mostly applicable in gaming because of the things you can do with it. However, uh, having having used Elite Motion for about eight months now, um, it has become really natural on the desktop to just be able to move windows around. Um, I, I don't use it all the time. Um, it, I kind of use a mixture of a touchpad, a mouse, and the leap motion. I probably only use the leap motion one or two times a week. Uh, but even, even that being said, it's, it's more of a, an addition to the things I can do with, with my, with, with inputs. So it's, it's not it that it enhances. replaced. Yeah. It's not that it's replaced your input. It's just supplemented it. Right. So like in the instances where, um, like I, I'm showing, well, just, just a couple days ago, I was showing someone an, an interface that I was working on and I'm sitting way back in my chair. And instead of having to lean forward to grab my mouse and try to move the window, I, I could just motion in the air, select the window and then move it over to the side. Um, and it was a really quick flick and I didn't have to touch the mouse. I didn't have to reach for the keyboard or anything. So it, it instances like that where it's a lot more useful um, rather than in the way. So I think we're looking at, you know, this is another instance of actual UI, um, user interface, actually trying to catch up with science fiction or art. I see us going the direction of Jarvis from Iron Man. If you think about Iron Man 1, where Tony Stark is building the Iron Man suit. And he isn't just doing one thing. He is talking to Jarvis. He's using the holographic display with motion interface. He's using a scanner. He's using a keyboard. He's using a stylus at certain points. It's tracking his eyes, motion of his eyes. Yeah, well, that's, that's the Iron Man HUD. But when he's just on his work table... You know, he throws down the blueprint and tells Jarvis, scan this. He scans it. He creates a 3D hologram of it. He's able to move around with it. He's able to manipulate it with the stylus. I think that's where we're going, which, in my mind, is going to turn computing into a much more isolated experience for fear, again, of punching everyone around you. (laughs) I can't... I can't compute right now with my kids in the room because they keep trying to crawl up on my lap and I have a laptop there. Right. How do you think it's going to be when my kids keep crawling up on the work table and destroying the holographic representations of my work? (laughs) Do you think, though, that it's going to be more isolated in terms of you're just alone? However, it could be less isolated because of uh, Internet, you know... MMO type style Xbox that's a Live real chat scary type thought stuff. that that's a real scary thought in my mind because you know don't get me wrong I love the internet I love technology I, I do a lot with it 
But if I was in an isolated pod and I could get all my input from one area without ever having to leave and I'm interacting with the computer in this way, short of like basic human needs, why would some people leave? Well, that's how it is now. <laughs> yeah. Why do some people ever leave their basement? Because they got to pee. <laughs> Go ahead, Schmitty. Well, I, I would argue that, that I don't, I mean, with all this stuff together, I don't think it would make it more of a, a, a single user experience. It, I mean, if used correctly, it could be a multi-user uh, interface and work well. I, I think of uh, examples like the Xbox One where someone's talking. It recognizes your voice. You walk into the room, and it knows you. It logs you in. Your friend walks into the room. It knows him from his Xbox One, logs him in. And in that sense, it's a, it's a multi, it becomes a multi-user interface, and whoever's talking, the Xbox One takes over for that person and, and takes commands as if it's that person at the controls. Um, I think of that when I see like a Microsoft Surface or something being used in a TV show, where they're they're all looking at pictures on the on the on the Surface and they're flicking them back and forth to each other. In that instance, there are five or six people using it simultaneously, and it works really well. So it's just all about implementation, I think. Yeah. No, I, I see that. I, my point is, though, is that if you see, if you think we hear a lot about, um, you know, people dying in internet cafes in South Korea because they were at the computer for too long, this is going to make that worse. Only now we're not going to know they're dead for quite a while because they're in an isopod. <laughs> when you say isopod, I'm, I'm thinking of the, that pod that uh, Darth Vader's in with his regen unit. What do you think he's doing? <laughs> he's FaceTiming the Emperor. There you go. So, yeah. Okay, um, into uh, some other Microsoft news uh, along a very different route. But uh, they announced, kind of, they didn't really mean to announce, but it still got out there anyway, that all computer sales for Windows 7 will stop by next year. And a lot of people are freaking out, going, oh my gosh, you can't do that, you can't do that, I haven't even bought a new computer yet. I need a new computer and I don't want Windows 8. Does anyone happen to know when Windows 7 came out? Five years ago. Yeah, it's it's been up there. It's not new anymore, people. I'm I'm sorry to have to break this to you, but uh, actually, four years ago, it was initially released 2004. Sorry, oh, 2009. I had it five years ago, <laughs> so we won't go into that. I had Windows 8 I did two years too. ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's not new, people. It's not new. It's almost half a decade old. That's that's old. But enough people freaked out about it anyway that Microsoft had to pull that and say, sorry, we didn't mean that. It's not having an end-of-sales event. We're still going to be supporting it. Don't worry about it. Uh, however, it does make me wonder how committed they are to moving forward to their platform talk has come up again and this time it is it's very 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 um corroborated that windows is getting a proper start menu back which is going to annoy the crap out of me because i'm totally used to the start screen but (laughs) well you know i find it interesting because microsoft is still out there selling old versions of its software. If I want to buy a new car or a car direct from the manufacturer, I can't go and say, hey, I need a 2005 Ford whatever, Ford Focus. I didn't like what they did in the 2006. I want the 2005 model. Yeah, I can't go to the manufacturer and say, this is what I want. They're going to say, screw you. Here's a 2014. Maybe a 2013 if you're lucky. Why does Microsoft Because this is software's honor. It's not the same as actual real stuff. Everyone knows that. <laughs> it's stupid. Just ask your computer guy to copy it or, or do something. You know, it's not real anyway. It, it really bothers me. I don't understand the logic there. If you're going to make a product and then come out with a new product to replace that product, why are you still making the old product? Because apparently, or allegedly, rather... 
the new product should be better. So uh, I will say point? this. I think I think it is a missed opportunity by Microsoft in general, not just with Windows 8. I think Microsoft should have made customizable start menus long ago. And by that, I don't mean being able to reorder stuff in the start menu. If you think about it a lot, the start menu is a lot like a launcher on Android. And you can skin Android with any number of launchers. You can't really do that too easily with Windows. Yes, there is things like Rain Meter and um, there, there are a few others that escape me right now. That's, what people, use, that's what people use the desktop for. If you've ever seen anyone's desktop where they have a thousand icons on it that's what they used it for they didn't need to customize their start menu <laughs> yeah but uh, for instance schmitty do you remember the original xbox 360 dashboard uh-huh the blade menu, the blade as it was yeah. called yeah imagine having your start screen like that with your leap motion mm. being able to flip through different types of start menus each one is for something else. This is your media one. This is your office application one. This is your settings. Back the other way. Wouldn't that be an awesome little added feature? Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. It just makes me wonder why Microsoft hasn't done that. also makes me wonder why Microsoft doesn't just grow a pair and tell consumers to get with the program. Seriously. <laughs> Four years, people. I don't hear any of you clamoring for Windows Vista. It's old, it does, too. It does seem kind of odd that they took so long to decommission Windows XP, um, but Windows 7, they are killing off, so to speak, so quickly. I think they're really getting antsy to accelerate their development cycle like they've been talking about for forever. Yeah. Yeah, this makes me wonder if we won't see uh, Windows 9 within a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how uh, when Chrome came out, Firefox started speeding up their development cycle uh, kind of makes me wonder if Win- windows is doing the same after seeing max development cycle i'm just upset that i can't go to the go down to the comp usa and buy me a nice packard bell computer with windows 95 on it still yeah <laughs> i know thanks for chan <laughs> Okay, and to some other Microsoft news. A lot of Microsoft news, inadvertently, because none of it's really connected. Uh, and this is actually more China news. This happened earlier this year. Did you know that for 13 years it was illegal to buy a game console inside China? I had no idea. Yeah, never mind the human rights violations or the low working conditions or the horrible wages or the fact that like the employee bonding time is considered, you know, jumping off a building. I think this is the worst part of communist China. That is a human rights violation, though. I mean, everybody needs to play GTA. It's a right. I can't imagine what the Communist State Oversight Committee would think of their citizens playing GTA (laughs) and finally getting out all that repressed anger. Uh, We've encountered 600,000 different game types, and all of them, they just destroy the city. We don't understand. (laughs) They also peel out on a hooker's face. Every time. Well, they finally lifted the ban earlier this year, and Microsoft is poised to be the first one in the gate with the Xbox One come next year. This could see a huge boon for Microsoft, because as it stands right now, They've always trailed Sony in console sales because Japan is so wholeheartedly Sony territory. You can't sell an Xbox One in Japan. No one will buy it. Right. Microsoft is much more towards Europe, the Middle East, and other Eastern Asians and, and Russian areas. But that's where the PlayStation has equal saturation. Japan has always been off limits. Well... Now, if they can get their foot in the door in China and actually make it affordable so people can actually buy it, can you imagine what this is going to do for sales? Well, I lived in South Africa right after apartheid ended back in the late 90s. And during the time of apartheid, there were sanctions against the country where certain countries or certain companies just wouldn't go in and do business. I don't know if it was a company choice or if it was mandated by the government or whatnot. I was too young. I wasn't paying attention. However, Coke had a very strong presence in the country, Coca-Cola, not 
cocaine. But well, that probably did too. <laughs> it, well, I'm sure that was there as well. But um, Coca-Cola had a very strong presence in the country. I don't know if they didn't respect the um, sanctions or if they just got there before Pepsi did. But everybody drank Coke. You'd go to the store and it would be all of the stuff that South Africa had and then Coke. And if you were lucky, you could find Pepsi products. And I remember when Pepsi first came into the country, it was, you couldn't find it anywhere. And Coke had, it gave Coke a huge advantage in the country. I'm thinking we're going to see something similar in China with Microsoft. I think it's just going to give them a huge leg up over Sony and Nintendo or you know, whoever else decides to come out with a console down the road. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a wise business decision here. But we know it's going to happen. I mean, we, we've already seen it happen everywhere else. It's just now going to be happening in China, too. So, all right. Um, In some other news here, and this is kind of back to entertainment news, Jason Momoa has been cast in Batman Superman. Well, he's rumored to be cast. He's going to be cast. I hope. <laughs> now, if you don't know who Jason Momoa is, he is in Game of Thrones. Before that, he was in Stargate Atlantis. Um, someone this muscular, this big, and with decent acting ability, he isn't going to be an extra. I no, swear, if not. they announce another hero, <laughs> I'm just giving this movie up. Well, I'm starting to wonder on this movie, with what they've been doing, I don't know that it's going to be a Superman versus Batman movie with Wonder Woman thrown in. I'm really wondering if this is a Justice League movie under the guise of Superman. Because the more that you hear about it, the less and less it's a Superman movie. As soon as we hear about Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, and or Aquaman, we'll know for sure. There has been rumors that Jason Momoa is going to be cast as Martian Manhunter, which I don't see. Uh, there's also rumors he's going to be Darkseid. Well, well, no, <laughs> he couldn't be Darkseid. He isn't. He isn't big enough for Darkseid. The the people over at Topless Robot have suggested he could be Ares. <laughs> I like that idea, but Ares is more of a Wonder Woman villain. He is 100% Wonder Woman. You don't suddenly, you don't go one movie with Kal-El beating other Kryptonians into be him beating, you know, mythological gods. It doesn't move that fast. No, it doesn't. But he it, would be awesome as Ares. I've also heard people say he'd be a great Lex Luthor. I disagree. Uh, he would be a horrible Lex Luthor. Brian Cranston needs to be Lex Luthor. I, I agree there. I agree there. Yeah. And the Lex Luthor who knocks. Someone suggested Vandal Savage as well, which he I think would be, be cool. Very but again, good, he could be a very good Vandal Savage. Oh, he'd be amazing as Vandal Savage. But again, not really a Superman villain. <laughs> I, my first thought when they when they brought him up, I was thinking Craven the Hunter, but that's Marvel. Yeah, wrong yeah. universe, dude. <laughs> but you're right. He'd he would be make pretty a awesome good. Craven. Uh, there's also talk that he's going to be Doomsday, which I think it's too soon to do a Death of Superman storyline. He hasn't been around long enough. Nobody's going to miss him. Yeah. Which one are you killing? You know? <laughs> the one who's been around for a movie or just, like, in general? The lousy, yeah. the lousy uh, deadbeat father who ran in Superman Returns. He should have been... <laughs> Just beat down hard. Okay, uh, into some strange entertainment news. Uh, someone actually counts this, but someone went and looked at the top 10 YouTube videos for 2013. Number one is What Does the Fox Say? Unfortunately. Two is The Harlem Shake, the original military version. Uh, three is How Animals Eat Their Food. Then we have Wrecking Ball, the chat, chat roulette version, which is pretty funny. Uh, Baby and Me, don't know what that one is, Volvo Trucks, oh, the Van Damme Splits Test one, YOLO from Lonely Island, um, the Telekinetic Coffee Shop Surprise, that's the Carrie one that uh, Schmitty had as a favorite many weeks ago. Uh, basically, that it keeps going like that. And something they notice is, for the first time, there is a distinct lack of cat videos. That sounds like a joke. Uh, however, it's very real. 
there are no real homemade content breaking the top 10 anymore. YouTube was originally built with the idea that anyone with a camera could make content and it could go up there. And that's still the case. But they're seeing a lot more professionally made videos. And even things like that aren't quite professional. I mean, like the, the Wrecking Ball one is made by a comedian. He's done this before when he did uh, Call Me Maybe. And it's it's hilarious. You should check it out because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen to see people's reactions. But he's he's a Ford spokesperson now. Yeah. I miss sneezing baby panda. <laughs> yeah, this well, go ahead, dramatic Shmi. gopher. <laughs> this goes a lot to say about where where YouTube ha, uh, has come. Well, where it's come from, and also where it's going, in that it's we're not only getting really good quality content out of it, but the people on YouTube that are putting out good content are serious about what they do. Yeah, Whether well, they're doing it for money or for entertainment value, it's good stuff. I, I would I would expand on that further. Schmidt, I think you're absolutely right. But it's like, I consider it much like us with this podcast. When we first started, we're just, you know, four guys who had no clue what we're doing, piecing <laughs> things together week by week. Uh, two and a half years later, almost three years later, we're a completely different story. We know what we're doing. We have sponsorships. Well, if you can call them that. If you'd like to be a sponsor, let us know at. Um, <laughs> but we've changed the way we do things 100%. So I think this is more testament to how YouTube came in with no one really knowing how to do anything or what to do with this and changing it up and making actual... Even the people who are doing it as an amateur are doing it looking like professionals. Right. Uh, this week, YouTube also did their YouTube 2013 Rewind video, which is kind of a their own original video. It's a recap of all the videos that were popular in 2013. And for the first time, I was really bored by it. Now, huh. last year, they did the uh, Gangnam Style, Gangnam Style, I can never say that right, and Call Me Baby mashup with all the different YouTube celebrities, and it was it was funny. I liked The way they one. did it was hilarious. This one, I'm looking at it, and I was just bored out of my mind. I'm going, yeah, I know who all these people are, and that's awesome that you got them into one video, but you know what? They all make better videos than this. They're all more entertaining than this video. I'd rather watch them on their channels make their stuff than have to watch them in cameos on this video that makes no sense. I think yeah, YouTube has grown enough. past what it was originally supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah, we're, and we're starting to see um, su subscription models. People are, are making real money on YouTube. We're starting to see um, people that are originally in the TV industry starting up YouTube channels, and you you can get content there now. It, I mean, one one that comes to mind really readily is Sesame Street. My kids watch the Sesame Channel a lot. Um, and so it's it's yeah, it's become a... Or, yeah, Sesame Street, you're right. Conan is really strong on... And it's all stuff that was on TV, but he maintains a dedicated YouTube channel that's updated. Saturday Night Live has digital shorts that are released on, on their channel first. Mm -hmm. um, even, like, The Daily Show. Yeah, and by that, I don't mean... I don't mean Comedy Central's Daily Show. I mean Tim Daly and his son have their own YouTube channel and their own original YouTube series that they do in addition to everything else they do. Yeah. So, kind of crazy that way. Uh, into our last headline, we have only, you know, three more minutes, so we got to go fast. But Aereo, or Arrow, or however you say that, Aereo. is being sued by, unsurprisingly, everyone. Uh, 30 second recap, Schmitty, what is Aereo? Aereo is basically uh, a service that you can get through the internet if you do not have access to um, over-the-air TV. Like, like we, we live out in, in deep in the Utah desert where we can't get over-the-air TV. And so, but, but we have really fast fiber internet. So we subscribe to Aereo. It's a little bit more expensive than, than a Netflix subscription. But we basically are able to tap into their... Uh, antennas and use it as a DVR service. We have um, up to, I think we have 40 gigs of space on their servers and we can record any show that's on our local television channels. So, 
Uh, in layman's terms, if we're going to, you know, string and can this analogy, this is like your neighbor who gets really awesome reception, but you don't get any. You pay him a monthly fee for him to put his TV up to the window for you to watch. <laughs> yeah, a little better quality, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is literally what it is. Well, all the different content providers, all the different networks and stations and everyone are all suing them, saying, uh-uh, you're breaching copyright. Ariel's going, how? Well, we don't know, but we're sure you're doing it. <laughs> Normally, I'd agree with them. Uh, and I love free information. And I love being able to get media as I want. But normally I would agree with them that, yeah, hey, taking their content and giving it out to people and charging money for it, and you're not turning around giving that money back to the stations, that's bad. However, um, as Schmidt and Zahner pointed out to me in our pre-show, they're not just taking one show and giving it to you like on a download, like a torrent site does now. You're watching the actual channel, ads and all. Yeah. It's a live feed of that channel. Instead of coming over terrestrial, you know, antenna, it's just coming over the internet. Now, you can get a DVR service where it records those things, but even then, that's no different than DVRs are now. Yeah, it's, it's as if I had a TiVo here at my house. Instead, it's over at Aereo's office, wherever it is in the Salt Lake Valley, and I've just, I'm paying for space on their server as a as a TiVo. <laughs> now this is an instance where I believe that if the FCC had gotten had even thought this was a possibility in time, it would be illegal. But as it is, this is another instance where the technology is outpacing the laws. This laws there's nothing against the law about this. Is it questionable? Yeah, it's a little bit questionable. Well, they're hoping that this goes all the way to the Supreme Court. They're hoping that the Supreme Court of the United States will hear this case and set the precedent. And it can either go really, really good for technology <laughs> or really, really good for people who want to stifle technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Aereo, uh, spokespeople say themselves that, you know, this has been an issue with every market we go into. Right now it's only in a, like four or five cities, but they say this has been an issue every time we go into a new market, and so we really want to see this resolved. Aereo themselves wants it to go to the Supreme Court because they want an answer sooner than later right. on whether or not they can do this. So Basically saying, hey, if we can do this, we need this on the books so we can stop fighting this every time right. and if we can't do this we'd rather know before we go into every city on earth and... okay well that is our show on to our favorites you thought i was going to end i fooled <laughs> you um my favorite this week comes from a guy called who's known as the wiki drummer uh in truth he is a percussionist he's a drummer by the name of julian audisher i don't know I don't think he's from the U.S. In any case, he sets up a drum set in the middle of a empty lot and starts playing drum. And then it suddenly switches. And at first, I will admit, I didn't quite understand what this was trying to show until you realize that he was using the natural reverberation and echo effects of his environment to multiply the sound. There is no audio processing on this clip. The only editing done are jump cuts between the different locations. At certain times, he's further back in the location. Then he moves forward. The entire time, you're getting the different reverb effect of where he's at. And by only using a top hat, a snare, and a bass, he's able to make it sound like a very, very full-fledged percussion group is playing this very complicated piece. It's really cool. It's pretty awesome. It's very original, and I can't imagine how long it took for them to vet out all the different locations and how things sounded. Definitely worth a look. Zook mentioned a few moments ago uh, Conan O'Brien having a presence on YouTube. Well, my favorite is one of his videos from YouTube. Uh, it was on his show uh, last night, I believe, Thursday night. Uh, could be wrong on that, but in it, uh, he is with the comedian Kevin Hart and... Ice-T, the rapper slash actor, I guess Kevin Hart slash actor comedian, uh, and they are using a service called Lyft, and they essentially take over some guy's car, they go out, you know, on the town. With his with permission. This, with his permission, with this dude who is a complete stranger, 
and it is five minutes of complete awesome hilarity. It is amazing how funny this video is. Uh, give it a look uh, and make sure you don't pee while you're laughing. <laughs> Uh, my favorite um, also comes from one of our YouTube regulars, Rhett and Link. Um, this is their Get Off the Phone song, where they address the um, ever-so-increasing uh, ever increasing issue of people spending time on their phone instead of with people that are around. So it's, it's a pretty hilarious song. Check it out. Awesome. Well, that is our total show. I'm not fooling you this time. Uh, again, let us know what you think. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. We hope to hear from you. We'll put you on the air. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.